Good afternoon and welcome to this edition of the 21 News Podcast. I'm Managing Editor Justin Mitchell. It's National Recovery Month in the United States, and it comes at a time when we're seeing discouraging trends in overdose numbers all over our viewing area. In some cases, this year appears poised to surpass 2017 for the worst year ever for fatal overdoses in Mahoning and Trumbull counties, and the backdrop for addiction continues to change. With us today to talk about an effort to help some of the most vulnerable touched by this ongoing addiction crisis, um, we've got Dr. John Sabaro, Head of Addiction Medicine Services for Mercy Health, and Suzette Miller, Director of Nursing for Behavioral Health with Mercy Health. Um, thank you both for being with us today. This is a this is a topic that has so many heads and so many alleys to go down, and we've been covering it for years, and it continues to change and plague not just our community, but every community. So I want to start by you guys just telling me about this new program for um, addicted mothers and and newborns and and how it helps. Go ahead. Well, um, clinically, um, the program is designed uh, to provide services uh, for mothers um, uh, all in one place. Um, uh, and that includes um, uh, treatment of uh, substance abuse um, and perinatal care, um, nursing, uh, uh, psychosocial support, um, and uh, uh, we hope uh, ultimately uh, group therapy with the mothers themselves. That can be a really powerful approach um, for uh, expectant moms. And um, our goal here is to be able to um, address um, a population of individuals who um, frequently, very frequently go untreated. The uh, first time we get to um, meet these women is literally when they walk through the door to deliver their babies. And, uh, um, you know, we do our best, but obviously um, that's not the best time to begin this process. Why do you think that is? Is it because of a stigma or is it because uh, of yeah. know, just an existing crack? <laughs> I, I think, um, yeah, you hit the nail on the head. Um, a, a lot of it is stigma. Um, uh, they don't really know where to go. Um, uh, they're afraid to be honest with um, their providers. Um, the truth is um, individuals who are, caught up um, in uh, a substance use disorder generally take very poor care of themselves. We see um, all kinds of um, unmet medical needs, unmet dental needs. Um, and so uh, it wouldn't be surprising that um, uh, expectant mothers would not get the prenatal care um, that they so desperately need as well. Um, uh, and in fact, I think uh, as a group, it's probably harder for them to access um, necessary care than um, uh, potentially any other subgroup of individuals. Um, you know, Suzette, I'd like to ask you, you know, we like I mentioned, we've covered the opioid crisis in particular for a number of years now. And on the surface, it would appear we've made progress in many areas. You know, I, we used to hear figures of I, I believe that the figure back in 2017 was 70% of addicts started with a prescription and then it progressed. Now, we're, we hear there are less prescriptions being written. There's more diligence from pharmacists and just a general greater awareness. And yet 
this is a problem with a reach that goes years into the future. So I guess I'd like to talk a little bit about the state of the problem now and its long-term impacts, particularly when you're talking about infants born addicted and expectant mothers and, uh, and the generational impact. Well, one thing to remember is that it's not always just someone who became um, a substance use disorder because of a prescription medicine, although that is a majority of the patients. Um, what we are looking toward is helping anyone that has a substance use disorder. So it doesn't have to just be opioids. But what we also know now is that opiates are being cut into almost every drug out there that's being sold on the street. So even if you buy marijuana and think you're just going to have marijuana, you may have fentanyl in it. You maybe want to buy cocaine and think that's all you're getting, but you probably will have fentanyl in it. When that occurs, many people have, um, have the, the propensity to become addicted immediately to an opioid. So the risk is once they've done that once, if they didn't overdose and die, they now may be addicted or and have a new disorder that they didn't have or plan to have. So it, it's coming from many facets. Then you add on top of it the fact that women for years have been having substance use disorder with opiates, and it's increased while they're pregnant, and those babies then are born addicted. They go through tremendous, serious, painful withdrawal. They're in on neonatal intensive care units. But as they grow and they get older, they are someone who will be an addicted person if they start using. So we have to treat these moms and babies from the beginning as quickly as we can. There is really no program in our uh, area that manages women who find out they're pregnant and have opiate use disorder. If they're already in treatment somewhere, many times they'll care for those moms, but if they're not in treatment already for something else or for opiates, they don't have anybody to take care of them. So we believed it was the best thing for us to do to, to provide that service in our community for our moms and the, that are going to be having babies so that we can get them off of the addiction and into a healthier state. And then that baby will be born with less trauma when they're born. Um, so in our program, what we've done is we've hired a peer recovery support specialist who will be um, helping these moms. She has lived experience with addiction. She also was a pregnant mom who had a substance use disorder. So she has lived what these women are living. So they can trust her. And that that's incredible when it comes to helping these women. We're in the process of looking to hire a licensed independent social worker who can um, assist with counseling and case management. We also are partnering with the Centering Pregnancy for Mercy Health, where we will be able to refer both ways. So Centering Pregnancy can refer patients to us when they identify a mom that has a problem. And we likewise can identify and refer them to centering pregnancy so they can get obstetric care while they're pregnant instead of having these babies with no prenatal care medically. Um, our plan is to, to have groups when possible of these women that have the similar issues so that they can help each other. And when you start having people with similar concerns together in a group and talking, 
they become connected with each other and become resources for each other, as well as um, an emotional support. So um, we plan to do that. And we have already hired a nurse practitioner who will begin in October, and she will be Dr. Sabaro's right-hand person in this program. So we are equipped and ready to start helping these moms as soon as they're ready to reach out to us. So in many ways, this is this is similar to what we've heard of, you know, that's available for anybody who struggles with addiction, but specifically targeted at this group that has been otherwise falling through the cracks, like Dr. Sabaro mentioned, because of a, a of a stigma or because of it, the, the, the treatment simply not being available specifically tailored to them. Is that is that correct? That's correct. As Dr. Sabaro can explain, managing women who are pregnant um, with treatment for opioid use disorder has to be done very delicately and in a different manner than someone who is not a pregnant individual. Well, so doctor, talk about that. What what are the unique circumstances you have to to navigate through in order to to do this safely? Yeah. um, Well, uh, you're you're taking care of two individuals uh, and you have to always keep that in mind. Um, uh, You know, one of the things that's most challenging is that uh, um, uh, people come into treatment um, psychologically uh, in um, all different places, some fully ready, um, some partly ready, some barely ready at all, but maybe they're coming in because of um, external uh, issues. Uh, Let's say uh, they got picked up at Walmart um, shoplifting and, uh, uh, you know, they can either enter a treatment program or they can um, serve jail time. Um, and so, uh, uh, you know, it's the carrot or the stick sort of uh, approach. And, and in this instance, um, it's a little bit of a stick that's driving them in. And so um, in, in those instances, uh, uh, when a patient comes into treatment, generally, um, we have to uh, um, maintain uh, strict rules. I mean, um, uh, we're very uh, cautious about prescribing. We make it clear that um, if medicines are lost or stolen, um, they can't be replaced. Um, and, and But when you have a, um, uh, um, a pregnant mom, um, you know, it, it's much more challenging um, if, if, if a mom calls up and says, you know, I'm three days short of my medicine. Um, that's not something that you're you're not going to respond to or you're going to bring that person and say, you know, I can give you some meds to help, you know, um, reduce any uh, withdrawal that you might have. But um, I can't prescribe you um, extra buprenorphine, which we use uh, to treat opioid use disorder. Um uh, and so you, it's it's a gentler approach. Um, uh, it's a softer approach, um, and you're trying to uh, um, engage um, expectant mothers um, to make uh, uh, healthier decisions all around. And and many um, aren't quite ready yet. Um, and, but once you take them on, um, you, you, you know, obviously you you take them on for good. Um, uh, and uh, you have to keep that um, always in mind where, again, um, with the non-pregnant patient, if, if treatment's not working, um, uh, uh, then um, uh, perhaps it's a little easier to say to the, the patient, 
you know, um, we need to come up with something else. This isn't working. I'm not going to continue to treat you um, because the approach isn't working. We're, uh, we're, we'd be much less likely to do that with a, with a pregnant mom. So, they, you know, and folks in the middle uh, of a substance use disorder, um, again, they can uh, be uh, difficult. They, they know what buttons to push um, with staff and uh, um, they can at times be um, manipulative. It's just part of um, struggling with substance use. Um, usually when they recover, those things um, improve and they go away, but um, uh, staff has to be uh, able to um, accept and endure that and see it as uh, um, uh, uh, oftentimes part of the treatment process. Now, how much, um, how, how far does this go? I mean, obviously we're talking about women coming in when they're pregnant, but there's a whole host of, of issues once a child is born, you know, born of addiction. I mean, how far into the future, how much follow-up is there as a part of this program or referral to another program? We, we, can, we can continue to treat them for a full year um, after delivery. Um, uh, and you're right, um, uh, you know, the goal is, to keep uh, those uh, moms and new babies together. And so we wanna make sure that we provide um, a continued um, support um, in all ways, um, uh, not just medically, but um, uh, through counseling and hopefully th through group um, uh, until that mom's um, uh, on stable footing and, uh, you know, can move on uh, perhaps to um, uh, a different type of program. It won't be necessarily that um, she doesn't need uh, treatment anymore, but um, she uh, uh, won't necessarily need treatment that's specialized for um, expectant and newly delivered moms. Right, right. I mean, I know that, uh, and I don't know if this figure still stands, but I know at one point, the average was the you'll go through treatment an average of seven times before you your odds of it sticking really really improve yeah so that's the thing that i know we've been saying this for years but i like to continue to to, to hammer that point because i i know one thing that i i think we focused our work on is breaking through some of these stigmas and things that people still may not understand. And I would like to hear from, from both of you about what may still be out there that people, people who are not personally touched by addiction um, in their families or themselves still don't quite understand that perpetuate some of the stigmas that stop people from getting treatment, regardless of their situation. Well, I can tell you the thing that I noticed the most, people have stigma because they believe that the person made the choice. People don't make a choice to have substance use disorder. It happens to them differently. Every patient is different, but um, somebody can be have an addiction after one use. Some may be on prescriptions for a while and then realize they can't survive without it and have to go to the streets after that when they can't get prescriptions anymore. Others thought, oh, I just wanted to try it mm -hmm. because, you know, peer pressure and they become addicted. So, you know, the one thing that Dr. Sabaro and I constantly preach is we are a safe place. We do not judge. That is not what we're here for. We're here to help these people go into recovery, get better and live safe and productive lives. 
Doctor, did you have anything to add to that? Yeah, I mean, I, I would add that, um, uh, as Suzette kind of hinted at, um, uh, addiction is a lot of different things at different times. Um, early on, um, right at the beginning, um, uh, that uh, there does appear to be um, a clearer volitional component where um, someone is making a choice um, to to use uh, a substance, but that choice might be driven and, and frequently is driven by um, past traumatic experiences, um, emotional struggles um, uh, with uh, depression or anxiety, post-traumatic stress. Um, uh, the, the vast majority of my patients um, have been traumatized in some way. So, you know, e even when we get into the discussion of free will and what that even means, um, we start from um, all start from different places, but um, early on, um, there's a clear uh, uh, volitional component as the addiction continues and people uh, develop uh, a, a physical dependence, um, then uh, the cycle begins where they're uh, uh, frequently just using to maintain because if they quit um, they either go into, let's say, opiates. Um, most people are familiar with the syndrome that presents with opiate withdrawal, um, uh, uh, the kind of physical symptoms that you get with uh, horrible restlessness and muscle cramps and, and diarrhea and sweating. And so they may continue to use um, just to avoid that. With stimulants, um, it's the horrible crash that occurs that you'll hear um, uh, folks talk about. Um, uh, and, and, uh, you know, psychologically, um, when you're, when they're in the middle of that, uh, uh, families and friends oftentimes struggle because they sort of see it as that person making a choice to choose to use substances over their family or, or over their loved ones. Um, it's really not that kind of choice. Um, um, somebody in the throes of addiction um, uh, isn't making a, a, a choice of one over the other. They're trying to, to just maintain both um, uh, and, and struggling to do so. They're not seeing it as an either or decision-making process. Um, ultimately, um, once treatment ensues and, and, and um, you can uh, get some of those uh, physical issues under control, um, then what we try to do is help people see the choices that they make that lead up to their use and alter their behavior um, uh, so they really don't have an opportunity where they have to make that decision, do I or don't I? Um, you know, it, it, it's uh, almost cliche, but we always talk about, you know, uh, the kinds of people, the kinds of places, the kinds of things that might trigger use and how do you change those before you get into a position where um, you're in danger. Um, uh, but but uh, Suzette's right, it's, it's, it's not, um, uh, it's it certainly, um, I put it this way, let me ask you, um, uh, do you know what, do you, get a, do, you, do you get to make a choice on what you might have for dinner tonight? Sure. Sure, sure. to some degree you do. Do, do you get to have a choice about being hungry? Right. No, you don't. No, you don't. No. <laughs> um, and, and when, when, you know, you're physically dependent upon a substance, um, it's really 
um, that kind of scenario. People are stuck physically um, and uh, a choice as we typically think about it um, is no longer part of the equation. I mean, that was that was a really useful way, I think you just put that, that people can understand in a real basic level. Um, and, and so I appreciated that. Talking about this program now, um, you know, we had mentioned what's, we've talked a lot about what's available once people are in the door. Um, what do people need to know about getting in the door, whether they need, whether if somebody's listening to this who's seeking help themselves or has a loved one who needs help, I mean, what do they need to know? What's the first step to to take part in in what you guys have to offer? Well, if it's a self-referral, all they have to do is call our outpatient services at 330-480-3109 and ask to be uh, given an appointment to start the program. If they're, they can be referred from a community partner with one of the other mental health agencies, if they're seen there, uh, they can refer, the Centering Pregnancy can refer, and our emergency departments can refer. So, um we we will take referrals from everywhere just to help these women. Does that include, you know, a concerned family member or something like that? Well, the, the concerned family member can certainly say something, but they can't push their loved one to come here. Sure, sure. It has to be the patient deciding they're going to come here. I got it. Anything else either one of you want to add about the program or anything else on this topic? Because uh, it, it's extremely, extremely important. And uh, I, I'm not married to staying to one aspect of it. If there's something else you'd like to make sure we get into. <laughs> no, I feel like um, uh, we've covered things um, very well this morning. As you said, I think we could talk for hours and hours and, and not cover um, uh, uh, the issue fully. Um, but uh, we want uh, people to be left with an understanding that um, now there's a safe place um, for women struggling with substance use disorders who um, are pregnant to come and get um, uh, treatment in uh, all aspects, um, uh, physically, um, mentally, emotionally, um, and uh, we're excited about uh, providing it. I appreciate your time very much. Thank you very much. You guys are doing great work.